Now, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you something here. From the moment you came in here, even to those who are here earlier, you just feel the Holy Spirit hovering around this place. Even in our worship team, we surrender all. We sang that earlier. When we surrender everything to the Lord, hallelujah, allow God to manifest in your lives. You can never go wrong, right? Amen, amen. And I love that the Holy Spirit has been moving since the moment we came in and through the testimonies and the prayers. And we, don't, we do not look at the, uh, uh, the weakness of the person or persons in this pulpit, but we see the victory of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. So today's message I'm going to tell you, brothers and sisters, after this message, we're going to have the, uh, uh, the, the Lord's Supper all together. And I have about 140 slides to show you before that to test your patience. No, but we're gracious today, so we reduce it to 40 or maybe less in Jesus' name. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that like what we heard and seen earlier... Though you may not understand the language of the song, but there's a translation there. You focus on the message that the Lord is giving to us through the song, plus the heart of the one speaking or singing right here. And I'm, I'm going to ask you guys to do not focus on the messenger, but focus on the message and receiving from the Holy Spirit. And may I suggest, you don't even have to look over here, but you're going to look to the slides. Amen? Because I'm going to go through this to avoid wandering away from the potency of the message. And I'm going to go through it word for word. Because the, the message is so potent from God to James. James revealed to our dear pastor as we shared to others and to those who are live streaming live right now. Amen? Amen? Shall we pray? Hallelujah, Heavenly Father. We thank you that you have commissioned all of us here to do the things, the, the very purpose you have created us, oh God. Father in heaven, we lift up your presence in this place. Speak to us. Speak to our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, we're still in the uh, uh, book of James, of course. And uh, we're on the second uh, um, uh, chapter. And before we go on to that, I want to do a quick recap here. Thank you, Pastor, for uh, putting this all together. So nice and neat and uh, wonderfully done. Praise God. So last time we talked about the, uh, um, uh, the book of James in James chapter 1. And uh, the book of James is about the series of wise sayings and teachings from early church leader named James, of course. And this epistle is patterned and valued from the Old Testament, a collection of wisdom uh, in the literature and some practical questions of faithful daily living. Amen. And James calls the people of God to demonstrate unity, fairness, temperance, patience, and perseverance. Hallelujah. And uh, we talked about also that Christian tradition has attributed this letter to James, who happens to be the brother of Jesus, as uh, 
said in Matthew 13:55 and Mark 6:3. And of course, he was a apostolic leader at that time. And even uh, the early church writer, Hengisipus, Hengisipus has nothing to do with Hengisipus, I'm sorry. Uh, Hengisipus records that James was the leader of the Christian church in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Praise God. In the first chapter of James, we got special insights into living single-mindedly for the purpose of the Lord. Don't forget that. With an overt rejection of the scene of double-mindedness. Now, when you see single-mindedness that you stick and you're firm in the purpose of the Lord in your life. Amen. Amen? So, in this, you avoid having a double-mindedness which could lead to doubt. Amen? So, James began by urging us to see even our trials as opportunities for joy. Where can you find such, such kind of encouragement to people even at this time? Amen? No one will ever say that you're under trial, you have sufferings right now, and find it all joy. That's, that's against human thinking. But to Jesus Christ, hallelujah, this even in trials, that even in these uh, situations amidst the darkness right now, all around the world and the rumors of wars and what have you, are still opportunities to find joy in Christ. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And this, of course, will find ourselves maturing in patient faith. Amen? Amen? In the first half of chapter 2, here we go, we're jumping into chapter 2 now. James continues one of his major themes, avoiding the worldly attitude enamored of wealth and social status. Very typical of, you know, um, favoring the ones with the possession and the ones who are in position. Amen? Sounds familiar. He wants us to avoid the sins of showing favoritism. Is there something wrong with the favoritism? I see a lot of grandparents in the house. I leave that to you guys. I leave that to you guys. You know what I mean? Maybe a parent would say, don't tell your brother, you're my favorite. Don't tell your sister, you're my favorite. And they together and they say, you know what? Mama said, I'm the favorite. No, you're not. No, you're not. Because she told me I'm the favorite. <laughs> and everyone's favorite. We are God's favorite. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Now, it says right here, avoiding the worldly attitude, enamored of wealth and social status, he wants us to avoid the sins of showing favoritism to the rich, particularly in this uh, book of James, to the rich while neglecting the poor. Is there anything, anything wrong with that? To the people living in the western uh, uh, side of the, of the globe, brothers and sisters, we are privileged. Amen? We are privileged. If you could only find the other people on the other side of the hemisphere or globe, you see children walking without clothes, without even slippers, with mucus running down back and forth. 
from the nostrils and flies following them wherever they go. We are privileged. Amen? And sometimes you don't even, you cannot find your remote control only to find that it's right there under the couch. And when you reach into it, you find other coins. Amen? How rich are we in the Western culture? And then yet, we still ask for the Lord, Lord, what's happening to me? I'm so dry and down and this and that. But people on the other side, it is easier for them to say, Lord, just to survive for the day. Hallelujah. But in this church, in this, her- in this, in this culture, the Lord has provided for us day after day after day. I don't see anyone getting hungry. No one. The Lord has blessed this country to provide for its country. I remember the times that we were, um, uh, I, I visited a uh, food supply, um, a food bank, and I went to see some of the seniors that we were taking care of in the valley. And uh, I see the line of those who are in the uh, food bank. And I was saddened by what I heard um, a, a couple uh, whispering to each other, saying that this kind of food is not the quality food. It's the food that they feed to the pigs. I was crushed in my heart. I didn't say anything. But I, you know, you know I was going to say, just be grateful, please. Just be thankful, please. I remember the times when we were uh, uh, doing a uh, joint project with the uh, Children's Hunger Fund. There is a, what they call uh, um, Christmas in June. That's the time we put together stuff. And then we send it to... Uh, they send it actually to uh, other states or even other countries. And this um, uh, Children's Hunger Fund, aside from uh, putting all the food, the toys, just like what we do in the uh, Christmas uh, box here, we also put a message about Jesus Christ. And you'll see that even in this country, we have a lot of recipients for this kind of provision. Amen? If we only look if we only open our eyes, that you don't have to go so far to see who are in need. And we are to treat them with respect. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And this is the encouragement of James. But on the other hand as well, but the rich people are not always, not always the, the villain in this, but sometimes... I tell you, brothers and sisters, these are kingdom workers as well. Just like everyone in this room and to those who are in the live streaming. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. And sometimes, also, uh, um, a group of people, particular in this, is sometimes poor can be also a uh, money grabber. So it is not about the rich and the poor, the poor and the rich, but everyone be treated equal. That's what this one is saying. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. 
Praise you, Jesus. In the latter portion of the chapter, James discussed through faith, making the point that faith which fails to manifest in good works done for others evidences no real faith present at all. Amen? What we're doing right here is beautiful. This is faith in action. Hallelujah. You take care of brother. You take care of your sister. Of everyone right here. This is faith in action. Taken together, the material in chapter 2 drives home God's ancient and abiding call for His people to satisfy His royal law of love by faith. Loving our neighbors as we love ourselves according to the grace of God at work within us. Now, let's look at three ways. Faith works. We're going to use this word, faith works, in three ways. Now, faith is a noun accompanied by works, which is a verb. It's, it's the action word. You put it together, you create a beautiful work and beautiful uh, 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 harmony. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, as we go all along, I, I just want you to uh, recognize all of this. And then faith by itself is a noun, and work itself is also a specific word, a noun, which is beautiful when put together. Hallelujah. Now, combined, you created a compound noun. Faith works. Hallelujah. And that Christian, brothers and sisters, mighty men and women of God, this is what we're doing right here. Amen. Faith works. Now, faith works. It accomplishes what God desires and achieves God's purposes. As spoken in Isaiah 55, 11, that His words will not come back to Him void or unaccomplished, but will achieve the very purpose it was sent. Amen? For which it was given and intended, as spoken in Ephesians 2, 10 and Romans 12, 2 as well. Now, Faith works, that is, the works of faith, here you go, which God has prepared in advance for His people to fulfill. Again, you can check that in Ephesians 2.10, bearing out the fruit of His spirit of faith at work within us. The vine and the branches. John 15, 1-17, Galatians 5, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And you can see patience right there as well. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Yeah. You know what's so funny? Last week, this watch right here, I haven't worn this in a long time. You don't see me wearing anything. I'm just not comfortable. Not that kind of guy. I got an allergy. I'm glad that this is plastic. Because if this happens to be a metal, I get a reaction. I have a royal blood. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, what I'm saying is that um, uh, metal connection to the, to the skin is uh, irrit irritant to my, uh, to my skin. So anyways, this one is, I, I love this uh, particular watch right here. And uh, our sons gave this in my, uh, one of my birthdays back then. And my wife saw this in the closet. And she said, you never wear this watch anymore. I said, I want to wear it. I just can't find it. So anyways, she gave this to me last week, and I'm glad that with this faith works, you can see that it looks like 
all of the components right inside the watch. I don't know what kind of watch everyone wears now. It's all electronic, right? But the classic ones, and then I saw someone go, I'm not wearing electronic, I'm still not. <laughs> the spatial, let me go back here, because I have the tendency to wander around, but I want to stick right here. The patient faith produces in and through us the righteous works that God desires. The yielding of our faith and being to the Spirit of God at work within us establishes and activates effective faith works within us and our church. Here you go. Like the gear works of a clock or mechanism that turn in integrated harmony, one goes here while the other goes right here, and then another one goes right here in different directions, but creating a beautiful harmony, and then you can see the clock turning properly. Hallelujah is what we have right here, that you have your own uh, 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 gift, you have your own fruit, but we are one body, just like this body is properly moving. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So it's like a mechanism integrated in, in harmony to keep time together or the waterworks that interconnect to supply and clean steady flow of water. The faith works of the Spirit harmonize us with the Lord and one another, keeping in tune in, and in time with the Lord and flowing in and with the living water of the Holy Spirit. Man, that's the driving force. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. So to summarize, faith works. It accomplishes God's purposes. It equips us to do the faith works God has prepared for us to do. It integrates us into the faith works of the communal body of Christ. Hallelujah. There are, however, obstacles. Here we go. No one wants to hear obstacles. We're going straight forward already. Now we have obstacles that can hinder our receipt of patient faith. Huh. Each like a wrench in the works that inhibits our mature growth. I call some of this sometimes that when you're on fire, there's a fire extinguisher. Woo! Right? Yeah. I want to do this, I want to do that. But all of a sudden, someone will just pour out water on you. Wow. Sizzle. Cools down. There are some obstacles here. Number one, worldly fixation of wealth and favoring of the rich. Now, let me go back. That During the writing of this uh, book of James, most of the members... Most of the members are, um, as we know that these disciples and the working class of that uh, uh, community, of course, they were the ones who received the, uh, the, the, the message of the Lord. And most of the rich people at that time, they were like, hmm. But slowly, they were getting into the church. As we have heard, even the Pharisees, even the teachers, and even in the people in the high position are slowly getting into the message. So this is what it is. So you can see that this was written to address what's going on inside the church, that this is how we should act. So now in this case, worldly fixation on wealth and favoring of the rich was the problem at the time, or maybe problem in some other areas as well, even to this point. Legalistic lovelessness. Whoo! 
that judges others even while falling short of the law of love ourselves. Remember, brothers and sisters, that we cannot do the faith works without love. You cannot separate the two. Hallelujah. That we're not just collecting perks and points so that we can buy our way to heaven. No. We got to do this with love. Amen? And this phony faith that fails to produce any real fruit. Fake news. Fake, fake faith. We see all of this. You get a lot of text, text calls. Scam likely. This is not a real call from someone who cares for me. And then you get a lot of text messages that says, uh, we are going to give you or whatever offers they have. You just have to open this and click this. Fake calls. It's a lot of phony things going on out there. Let the wisdom of the Lord sing into our hearts and let the, the wisdom of the Lord be upon us as well. We need to be uh, uh, intelligent uh, you know, at this time and receive that wisdom from the Lord. Distinguishing between what is right and what is real. Here we go. James chapter 2 addresses each of these to reveal how this fleshly, faithless, fruitless ways all inhibit the right function of our faith. They are useless ways or as James also puts it, dead in their dysfunction. Whew. Worldly fixation on wealth, legalistic lovelessness, phony faith. Now, the human sin of favoritism. Hmm. Because it is okay to show favor, because as Christians, we are to show favor to everyone. Whether people you know or people you don't know, or this is a Christian uh, um, heart. Amen? Amen? But a favor that is according to the ways of the Lord. But not favoritism that puts and blocks you from sharing to others, looking to others, or it, it divides your heart. Amen? Going and um, favoring uh, the unfavorable. Here we go. Now next, the royal law of love. Law without love is dead. Amen? Law is also good. Law are there given to us for our guidelines. But there's got to be love. Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law. Amen? Amen. The essential works of faith. Faith without work is dead. Brothers and sisters, you cannot separate the two from the other. As the spirit to the body and body to the spirit. Body will not function without the spirit and the spirit cannot function without the body. Amen? We'll go through that more. My brothers and sisters, let's read through the uh, James chapter 2. It says here, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Amen? So this is a call to the believers at that time. Suppose someone comes into your meeting wearing gold ring and fine bling bling. <laughs> then I jump. 
If you show special attention to the one wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, brother. But say to the poor one, um, can you please stand right there? Uh, can you please sit by my side? Because these ones are for someone I'm waiting for. That's favoritism. Amen? You have discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts. Ooh. Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, said James. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom? He promised those who love him. Hmm. But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? you Got to remember that in this time, they happen to be the exploiters of the poor people at that time. Hmm. Are they not the only ones who are dragging you into court? Hmm. You can only imagine what's going on during that time. Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the, blaspheming the noble name of him to whom you belong? So these are the questions given to them so that their hearts will be straightened out. Once again, here, James Caractus, since last night, I cannot pronounce this. James characteristically appeals to the wisdom. Will you excuse me, please? Appeals to the wisdom traditions of the Hebrew scriptures. So considering the full context of the Bible helps us to understand James' point more clearly. Amen? Now, you can see in Proverbs 14, 21, um, I love Proverbs. It's a unique way of uh, uh, the wordings and how they are put together. And you can learn that more in the PSOM someday soon or in your Bible study. But here, Proverbs 14, 21, it's a sin to despise one who is less fortunate than you. Your neighbor, that is. But when you are kind to the poor, you will prosper and be blessed. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise Jesus. Do not show favoritism to a poor person in a lawsuit. Ah, on the other side of the coin. Exodus 23.3. So now we're saying that it is not just about favoring the poor, but you're also favoring the, I mean, uh, the rich, but also the poor at times, sometimes, depending on the... Oh, I rub elbows with these people. You know what I mean? But the point is, show equality and fairness and just to brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter whether the social status is great or least. Amen? Amen. Leviticus 19.15, do not pervert justice, do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. Now, James is not saying that the rich are evil, here we go, and the poor are morally or spiritually superior. It is not that. But rather that the people of God are to avoid showing favoritism on any kind based on wealth or social standing, whether high or low, instead we are to adhere to the righteous, just wisdom of God, showing humble care for others. Hallelujah. However, James... James here seems rightly mindful that in the present situation of the church, it was the poor who seemed most responsive to the gospel. It is easy for the poor people at that time and even now to see that they are in need. And those who are in need are mostly recipient. Amen? 
No doubt James also had in mind Jesus' warnings that reaching for wealth can blind people to the truth of their need for God. Amen? Amen. Hmm. So faith works. Agree with me? But put favoritism to death. Here we go. For fixation on wealth is useless, fruitless, and faithless. Hallelujah. But if favoritism and the worldly standards of evaluating others are so flawed, by what law are you to judge your neighbor fairly or justly? That is Leviticus 19.15. It is through God's righteous law of love as James describes next in chapter 2. Here we go. If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself is also found in Leviticus. You are doing right. That's what he was saying. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumble as just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Guilty of one, guilty of all. Wow, what a standard. Who can be saved then? Without Jesus Christ, no one. Amen? For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So, here again, we can see the influence of both the Old Testament wisdom and teaching in James' letter. Very consistent. For in the way you judge, according to Matthew chapter 7, you will be judged and, they, and by your standard of measure, it will be measured back to you. Amen? Amen? You point to the others and you say, I can see there's something in your face, but you so don't see the ones that's blocking your face. Amen? Check yourself first. Hallelujah. Matthew 22, 35 to 40. One day an expert of the law asked Jesus, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Hallelujah. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So all the law and the prophets hang on to these two commandments. Amen? Sum up together. So faith works. But put legalism to death. For loveless judgmentalism is useless, fruitless, and faithless. Amen? Since both worldly standard of success and religious traditions of legalism ultimately prove so faithless in the eyes of God, how can we rightly evaluate whether we are living and growing in genuine, righteous, holy faith? Jesus said, we should judge by we said we should judge by the fruit produced in one's life, namely the fruit of the Spirit. Principally, we are to look our thoughts and actions to see if they evidence godly love. Obedience, patience. Let me just say this. Judge ourselves before the Lord judges us. 
Look into us. Look at our actions. Amen? Evaluate ourselves. Discern. Fourteen. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Hmm. Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister without clothes and daily food, if one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Amen? Well, it's okay to pray for anyone and everyone, but listen to your heart, listen to the voice of God to you as well. If you have the capacity to extend something or in any way, Really do so. You happen to have, maybe you happen to know someone who are in need of a job and praying for a job, and then you know someone who's looking for a job, then connect the two after praying. Amen? So faith in works. Hallelujah. Verse 17, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and trembles, shudders. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? Amen? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. He didn't just believe. He put action all together with this. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. God's friend right here. Amen. You see that the person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. Amen? I'm jumping to 26. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. It cannot go on its own. It's got to be all together. Hallelujah. So, faith works. Are you still with me? And it is the essence of faith to be obedient and useful, loving and fruitful, and faithfully effective as well. Hallelujah. Now, in conclusion, imagine that we are in the last 140 slides of this. You didn't realize. Were you counting? In a while, we're going to call the pastor here, amen, to uh, lead us in the communion. When we show no obedience, no obedience to God, no love for others, only favoritism to the influential, and no patient persistence in the call of Christ, no matter what we may say or think that we believe, we're fooling ourselves in We think we have real faith. But God is not fooled. God cannot be mocked. We must consider the scriptures, Jesus' words, the letter of James, and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Look honestly at ourselves, including me. I say to my soul, hallelujah. Faith without work is dead. But God, by His grace alone, grants faith to all those who ask for it. And wherever there is real faith, 
there will be real and working fruitfulness. Amen? Let's ask God right now in the name of Jesus to help us to become more patient, faithful, and fruitful. Hallelujah and amen. amen. Praise Hallelujah. be to God.